Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between you and your retirement. It's time to bridge that gap. Hello, Prosperity Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Prosperity Gap, the show where I help you bridge the gap that exists between you and your retirement. My name is Dave Hall, and I will be your host. For those of you who have not yet done so, please take the time to subscribe to the show. You can do this on your favorite listening platform. I release a new show every Friday that is packed full of great information to help you get to a tax-free and risk-free retirement. I don't know how many of you have young children out there, but if you do, you may be able to relate to the excitement I felt this week. If there is anything at all that I've learned from this pandemic, it is that my wife and I should never, ever become middle school teachers. My wife does a much better job than I do, but it's only like going from my kids getting a F in school to where they're getting a C. This week, my two youngest, who are 12 and 13 years old, were finally able to go back to in-class learning after five months, and it has been such a blessing for them and our family. Our situation has been magnified because not only did my two younger boys never get to see or even say goodbye to their friends they left in Puerto Rico because the school there was shut down on March 15th and we moved in May, but they also have not been able to make any new friends here in Tennessee because they've not been able to go anywhere to make these friends. Their smiles were so big yesterday when they got home, and they couldn't wait to tell my wife and I about how excited they were for their new school, their new teachers, and their new friends. In today's show, I'm going to be answering a question that far too many retirees don't know the answer to. And that question is, what is the correct withdrawal rate for my retirement? But before I get to the answer of that question, let's take a minute for a word from our sponsor. Today's show is being brought to you by eTrends Group, CPAs and Strategic Advisors. To learn more about their services and how they can help you with your common and not-so-common financial problems, go to www.etrendsgroup.com. The question regarding withdrawal rates in retirement dates back decades. Since traditional retirement plans were brought about in the 1970s, people have wanted to know how much money they could withdraw from their retirement and have it last until they passed away. In the mid-1990s, it was assumed that based upon life expectancy and current returns in the market, a retiree could take around 7% per year and still be okay. But there was an individual who started questioning this logic. He was a native of New York who was born in 1947. He got a Bachelor of Science degree in aeronautics and astronautics from MIT. He worked for 17 years with his family-owned soft drink bottling franchise firm in the New York metropolitan area. The company sold in 1987, which is when he decided to become a financial advisor. His name is William Benign. William started using what is called the Monte Carlo method to help determine the probable outcome of people's retirement plans based upon certain withdrawal rates during the mid-1990s. The Monte Carlo method was brought about by a Polish mathematician named Stanislaw Ulam. Stanislaw had been injured during World War II, and while laid up trying to recover, he played hundreds of games of solitaire. While playing these games, he began to question whether he could use the power of the computer to help him determine probable successful outcomes of his solitaire game. He concluded he could, and the Monte Carlo method was created. It is named after the gambling hotspot in Monaco, where Stanislaw's uncle would go to gamble. 
What William concluded from his calculations is that the 7% withdrawal rate definitely no longer worked and that even at 5.5% withdrawal rate, over 50% of the plans were failing. He finally settled in on a 4% withdrawal rate and he called it the safe max rate. But that was clear back in the mid-1990s. We're now in 2020. Does this same withdrawal rate still work? Unfortunately, what we're finding is that it doesn't still work. Most financial advisors now are using a 3% withdrawal rate, but with interest rates being what they are, what we're finding is that even 3% may be too high. The true rate may be as low as 2.5% based on longevity and current interest rates. Prosperity Nation, let's take a minute and think about this. If you can only take 3% in retirement, do you realize how much money you need to have to make it through retirement? Let's just assume for a minute that you're getting $20,000 a year in Social Security. Social Security is only supposed to represent about 40% of your retirement income. So that means based upon current averages, you'll need an additional $30,000 a year to meet your basic living requirements during your retirement years. To be able to do this, you will need a million dollars accumulated in invested assets just to be able to get that $30,000 of annual income that you're going to need to cover that lifestyle. And this million dollars is only available to be used for your annual distributions. You can't even start using it for shock expenses or aspirational expenses that might come up without putting your whole retirement at far greater risk. So you might be asking, what are my options? If I don't have this much money put aside, what can I do? Historically, many retirees have resorted to one of the following options. Save more, spend less, work longer, die sooner, or take more risk. Let's take a minute to talk about each of these. The first option is to save more. I don't know about you, but I don't know a whole lot of people who have a bunch of extra money laying around that they can use to save for their retirement. Life is expensive, which is one of the problems that's created the underfunded retirement plan in the first place. The second option is to spend less. Isn't retirement about enjoying those golden years? I know it is for me and for the people I work with. Nobody wants to work 40 plus years of your life only to realize that the amazing lifestyle you've been living up to retirement is nothing like the lifestyle you'll be living during your retirement. Option three is to work longer. To me, this is the best option. I personally think far too many people retire too early, but this might not be an option for you. If your health starts to fail or if you're in a very physically demanding profession, you might not be able to keep working much past age 65, which makes it hard for many people to count on this as one of the options. Option four is to die sooner. Now, anyone want to volunteer for this one? I didn't think so. Now, that being said, based upon current statistics, they would show that I should have had some people on this podcast who are willing to take this option. Now, what do I mean? The statistics show that 68% of retirees' biggest worry is that they're going to live too long, which another way to say this is that 68% of retirees would rather be in the casket than in the pew when they attend their next funeral. The last option is to take more risk. There are financial advisors out there who promote this as the best solution. But what would have happened had you taken that risk in 2008 or even at the beginning of 2020? Are you willing to take the risk of having no retirement 
Just because you're not happy with the sum retirement you've already prepared for, if these are the best options most advisors have when it comes to solving the underfunded retirement issue, what should you do? I believe there are two possible solutions, and they both involve products that are available through life insurance companies. The first is a fixed indexed annuity. Because of mortality credits, annuities can be a great way to help you eliminate the 3% withdrawal rate if you haven't saved up enough money for your retirement. You may find that you can even double your withdrawal rate by using an annuity, which means you would only need to have $500,000 set aside for your retirement instead of a million dollars that I previously mentioned to get to that same $30,000 of income that you're going to need to help supplement your Social Security. The other option is to buy a permanent life insurance policy that we call a life insurance retirement plan. This policy can be used to help you eliminate sequence of return risk, which is the risk that causes the biggest problem when you're talking about withdrawal rates. Why is sequence of return risk such a problem? Because it is the risk that the market will go down during years you're having to take money out of your retirement. When this happens, it can wreak havoc on an otherwise well-organized and planned out retirement. So Prosperity Nation, if you've taken time today during this podcast to do the simple math for your situation and you realize your retirement might not be looking as good as you thought it would when you consider the 3% rule, I recommend you go to my website at theprosperityguy.com and request an appointment to meet with one of our advisors. They are trained to help you eliminate the risk of retirement and in helping you maximize the assets you have available for your retirement. Prosperity Nation, it is time for questions and answers with our producer, C.R. Tulane. Hello, C.R. Welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. We're in a heat wave. What? <laughs> in Utah, heat wave, August? What are you talking about? I know. It was like 102, but my car said 114. But this is this is the craziest time of year. Normally, August is pretty cool, but 102? Okay, so if you lived in St. George, which has the similar temperature of Las Vegas, I might believe what you're telling me, but for a little town of Enterprise being a mile high, that is some pretty extreme temperatures. Yeah, it definitely is bizarre, and it makes it a little harder for me to go out and do work in the, in the farm, but we're still out there doing it. But really what I'd like to do, Dave, is I want to hear about your adventures and your experiences. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of craziness going on beyond the fact that my wife stuck out in the middle of United States, I guess, on her way to Utah with one of my daughters. They're stuck having car problems right now as I play single dad. Dave, tell me, you've already sent three kids to college and you've got one more. How is it when you just start pushing the kids off? How does it feel? Yeah, so for, for a dad, it's probably different than the mom. You know, the mom's much more emotionally attached in general. And I'm not saying the dads aren't emotionally attached. Don't get me wrong here. But as a dad, we've made a commitment that we're going to pay for our kids' college until they get their bachelor's degree. And then if they want to get a degree after that, they would have to pay for it. So for me, it's a little kind of a mixed blessing. One, it's nice to have the house a little more to ourselves, but it comes with a pretty big check every quarter or every semester. So not quite sure how I feel. We, we love our kids. They come back all the time. I and mean, all the others we've just sent on an airplane. This is the first one they've actually had a car to drive. So this whole experience with my wife and daughter being stuck out in the middle of nowhere is Kind of a little unsettling for them and unsettling for me. Hopefully, they'll be able to get it fixed soon and get back on the road. I'm excited that you have this uh, bachelor pad going on amidst all the things going on outside, but you're with your two boys, right? And you guys are just living the dream and probably eating steak or mac and cheese. 
Yeah, it is definitely living the dream. So my two younger boys are 12 and 13. So at a perfect age where they can take care of themselves, but they also are happy to go get in trouble with dad. So we are enjoying this time. They had their two days of school on Monday and Tuesday of this week. And now the rest of the week, they're going to be out and be able to spend time with dad until mom gets back next week. And how is school for them? Is it different? Is it something that they're just kind of adapting to? Yeah, I talked about it earlier in the podcast. It's been really great for us because for the two boys, they have been out of school since March and they left Puerto Rico without ever being really able to say goodbye to their friends, their teachers, the, the school went online and then we moved. So they never went back to any type of event where they would have been able to see anyone. So they're, they're super excited to have friends, to be able to be in an environment where they can hang out with other boys their age and continue to progress their lives forward. And everything in Tennessee is moving along now? It is. Yeah, everything is going well. Everything seems to be settled in pretty well. We've got an extra room. My daughter's out now, CR, so that extra bedroom, when you're ready to come out and visit, it's uh, all ready for you. Remember, the only requirement I need is a little bit of orange in there somewhere. Well, well, there's no orange yet. I guess I'm going to have to put the back scratcher that I bought for you, the Tennessee back scratcher. <laughs> I'll put that in there. That's orange. But she did clean it. This is uh, an interesting thing. Whoa. The day before she left, I looked in there and it looked like you'd had a weekend party at a hotel. Garbage <laughs> everywhere, bed not made. And I'm like, sweetie, you're not getting your deposit back. You know, there, there's no way you can leave this. So to her credit, she went in and completely cleaned everything up, took out all the garbage, put new linens on the bed. So the room is completely ready now uh, once dad made his comment about her not getting her deposit back. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I'm excited to hear how things are going for your four kids at college and especially the one on her way. And I, I hope everything turns out for the car and that they make it safe. Yeah, me too. Uh, hopefully, I mean, her, her father, where he lives is not too far. I mean, it's still probably six to eight hours from where they're at. So worst case, hopefully he could drive over there and help them or she's got brothers that live in that, that same area as her dad. So hopefully they'll step in, but uh, we'll see. We'll see as the end of the day comes what they end up being able to get done at the mechanics they're at now. Yep, exactly. All right, Dave, now we're going to jump into the questions because I've got three great questions and I'm really excited because uh, we just keep getting question after question and we're flooded with questions. In fact, we just started a Facebook live question and answer today. And so expect that every Wednesday at 11 o'clock central time, you'll be able to find us on there going through more questions. And so besides the three we get here, again, you get them after the webinar and you also get them on Facebook live every Wednesday at 11 central. Yeah. So a couple of comments before we do that, CR is uh, did anyone send in a question like that I look like Tom Cruise or someone like that maybe instead <laughs> of Bill Walton this week? Unfortunately, I don't have any questions of you like Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks or or uh, George Clooney. I'm hoping I'm going to get a couple of those to kind of change that Bill Walton one. But until then, we're going to be stuck with Bill. Okay. Well, I was looking to help boost my ego a little bit. The other one I want to talk about is that Facebook Live event. We get hundreds of questions a week, and it was feeling like we were cheating people out by only being able to answer three of those. So it is a great place to get questions answered. And even still, we're only able to answer, what, between 10 and 20 questions during yeah. the time that we have, but at least we're getting more of those questions answered and helping people get to a more, more safe and tax-free and risk-free retirement. 
I'm just blown away by how many questions everyone has. So just for you, CR, and maybe we can talk about it on next week's show, I'm going to go back and we're not going to be able to capture everyone, but I think I can capture probably at least 95% of the questions that we've been asked. So I'm going to go back and look and just see how many questions we've gotten since we started doing the webinars and doing podcasts clear back in November, December of 2019. Okay, I can't wait to hear that number. I'm going to guess in the thousands, but let's let's wait till next week to find out. Yeah, so so let's do that here. You know what? Let's do a little wager here. The the winner's going to get an item that'll be shipped by the other one. Perfect. So what's your guess? That the one that's going to be closest, what's your guess? Okay, so if we're going in there, I'm going to say let's say 4300 questions. 4300 questions. Okay, I am going to say 3,700. Okay. So if uh, it's over 4,300, obviously you win. If it's under 3,700, I win. If it's in between, whichever one of us is the closest. Does that sound fair? Sure. I've got a good number. Maybe wrong. It'll be interesting to see. I have no idea what that is, but one of us will get some type of present from the other and we'll talk about what that is. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible how many questions we're getting. So it, it may be extremely high, but hey, we're, we're starting big because I want to see, you know, something orange come my way. Yes. Well, if, if not, you've got to send me something blues. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, let's get into our questions. I've got three questions, like I mentioned before. Let's go ahead and uh, get Jane's question knocked out first. She said, can you qualify for a LERP with pre-existing conditions? So when she talks about a LERP, she's talking about a life insurance retirement plan. If you've not listened to this show before, it's permanent insurance policy that is used to help eliminate many of the risks in retirement. Works very well with all of your other retirement assets. The answer is maybe. You know, the more severe those pre-existing conditions are, the harder chance you're going to have of ever being able to use a life insurance retirement plan because one of the requirements is that it be low fee. And if you've got too many pre-existing conditions, the insurance company is going to charge you so much for that insurance that it's not going to be low fee. So Jane, what I would recommend for you is that you meet with an advisor and have them run an illustration, an insurance illustration, and just see what the cost comes back at and whether or not it would fit in to the low fee requirements that we have for those policies. And thanks for clarifying that, Dave. Absolutely. All right. Stephen asks, do you recommend doing a Roth conversion if you are over age 65 and still in a high tax bracket? If you're in a high tax bracket because of retirement income, meaning that you're over 65, you've already retired and you've got 401k distributions or IRA distributions or other earnings, I would absolutely recommend that you do it during this period of time where we have historically low tax rates. Now, if that's not the case, now if you're still working after age 65 and you're a high income earner, that's causing the problem. I would say you need to really look at what's going on there. If you're expecting to retire in the next year or two, maybe you want to wait for another year or two before you do something to make sure you're not putting yourself in a, in a bracket that'll be already double what you might be in in retirement. But uh, for most of you, if the, the case is where you've just got retirement income that's causing you to have these issues, I would say absolutely get it transferred during this period that we have available to us prior to January 1st, 2026. We do see a lot about Roth conversions. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So what you're doing is you're taking your traditional IRAs, traditional 401ks, and you're rolling them over into a Roth type investment. Now, when you do that, you've got to realize there's a cost of admission. 
you've got to be willing to pay the tax. But if you expect tax rates to be even 1% higher in the future than they are today, it makes sense for you to go ahead and do that conversion, pay the tax now, and then be able to let those assets grow tax-free throughout the rest of your retirement. All right, Dave, and for our final question, I know I'm going to slaughter this name, but uh, I'm, I'm going to call him Noam. So again, I apologize if I slaughter your name, but he's asking, does contributing to a f- traditional 401k make sense anymore? If you have no money in that 401k, remember there's a, a, an amount, if you've been on the show before, if you've been to one of my webinars, there's a perfect amount that you want to have in that tax deferred bucket. So if that bucket is empty, yes, you can still contribute in because the belief is that you'll have a standard deduction in the future. So you're putting money in not paying tax. And then when you pull it out, because of the standard deduction, you would not pay tax if you have the appropriate amount. So depending on where you're at, it would make sense to still put money in there, especially if you've got an employer match that you can match and put into there. But uh, you've got to look at it from a perspective of what's already in the bucket and what other taxable income would you have once you get to your retirement years. And another thing I, I would like to mention here too is in regards to if you have a pension, you know, if, if he potentially would have a pension plan where he would already be subject to tax on both that pension and his social security, then it wouldn't make sense for that individual to put money into a 401k or tax deferred bucket either, because all they're doing is creating more taxable income in retirement. So really depends on your own individual facts and circumstances, but for the right person, they still could get some money in that bucket and have it help them in their overall retirement planning. Well, Dave, thank you so much for knocking out these three questions. I know they were small and simple, but again, you can find more questions from Dave and I over at the Prosperity Guy Facebook page where we go through you know, 10 to 20 questions. We take about 30 minutes over there every Wednesday at 11 o'clock central time to be able to go through and answer more questions for you there if you have them. Absolutely. It's been great having you on the show with me again, CR. For you listeners, Prosperity Nation, if you're ready to take action, If you're ready to get to a tax-free and risk-free retirement, you're not sure how to do that, recommend you go to my website, theprosperityguy.com, where you can link with one of our advisors and set up a strategic planning meeting for them to go through your retirement. They're going to allow you to provide your information to them. They're going to then create a plan that is designed to get you to a tax-free and risk-free retirement. If you do want to be further educated, CR mentioned the Facebook Live events that we have, but we also have a number of webinars. If you go to our website, theprosperityguy.com, to our events page, you'll be able to link through to our webinars. Most of them are with CPA Academy. You do not have to be a CPA to attend these events. If you are, you get CPE credit, but I encourage you to sign up, attend our various webinars so you can get to a tax-free and risk-free retirement. My name's Dave Hall. I'm the Prosperity Guy. I look forward to seeing you on next week's podcast. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of The Prosperity Gap. If you want to learn more about The Prosperity Guy, or if you have questions you would like answered on a future show, go to theprosperityguy.com. While on the site, take time to look around. We offer a number of educational opportunities for those who want to learn more about tax-free and risk-free retirement.